Phil Pot on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Third hour of the show starts right now with Ben. I'm Roy. 654-7627. The magic number. First show in about eight or nine days. It's great to be back. I I mean, probably for the first time in like two or three years, I actually miss upper management, you know, which is great to come back. And I, I miss all the condescending commentary that we've gotten here in our first 120 minutes. It's just, it's just great to have normalcy finally return. I mean, do you feel the same way or is this off base too? I guess he's not back yet. Six five four seven six two seven. the phone number. Yeah, you, you're answering the phone. I'm sorry, I didn't see that. I said, it's just great to be back for the first time eight or nine days, our first show in, in quite some period of time after a, a, a little hiatus. And I, I basically concluded by saying, I, I just missed your condescending commentary. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I'm reminded of that after our first two hours. Uh, and maybe for like the first time in two or three years, I've, I've actually missed you, like legitimately missed you. I'm like, I wonder what Ben is doing I need to just touch base and make sure he's still alive so that we're still doing our show Monday. Absence makes a heart grow fonder, Roy. That's what it is. Right. I, right. Our other hosts here are glad that we're back on the air, too. I've driven everyone crazy because, <laughs> like, you know, it's just it's pent-up comments and things, and you just feel like you've got to yeah. get it off your chest. We're used to doing that yep. here on the show. It's what a lot of our callers right. do. You, you call in. You just need to get it off your chest and wear your sounding board. I get that. I realized over the last couple of weeks that this that this show is also a sounding board for me. So I'll hear Quok and <laughs> Kelly say something, and I'll come in and just and just rail on Quok during a break, and he just looks at me like, "What?" I mean, just <laughs> you know, I, uh, I I just have to get it off my chest too. So normally I don't talk a whole lot of sports when uh, you know outside of the show. I want to I want to get away from it, but the last couple of weeks. It's been, hey, who do you think the quarterback's going to be at Clemson? I mean, I've been that guy. <laughs> well, the answer is we don't know. And I don't even think Dabo Sweeney or Jeff Scott or Tony Elliott know. Maybe we'll talk more about that here in our third hour. But uh, on a real note, uh, massive thank yous to Quok and Kelly, who I know have shuffled their schedules around left and right uh, for the last couple of months due to my wacky schedule. Uh, even Walt, I think, uh, came on a little bit early uh, for a couple of days. Uh, when we were bouncing around between my absence and Clemson baseball, and Mickey was on a little bit later doing some remotes and different things. So uh, I recognize a lot of people's schedules have been jumbled up due to, to what's been happening uh, here in our time spot. So we thank you for all that and, and, and hard work appreciated uh, across the board by upper management, by uh, myself and everyone uh, involved uh, at, at the station. The good news is we've had a lot of stuff to talk about today. We're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about the rest of the week. We're coming to you live from George Coleman Ford on Friday. So it's just like old times up at the dealership and getting you ready for the orange and white game on Saturday. And I know uh, we're doing pregame coverage with Scott and Kelly with the Tiger pregame show Saturday too. Right, Ben, when does that all get underway? Uh, that is, that is 12 to two. And then uh, we'll be at a location we're working on right now. Um, there'll be some bands and things on campus that day. So we want to make sure we're not, you know, competing for the same airspace. Uh, literally, there, you know, you don't want to set up, do a radio show beside a band. So, working on some of those details, but we'll we'll pass that on later in the week. Scott and uh, Scott and Kelly will be on twelve to two. Then the pregame coverage starts at two o'clock and goes to five thirty. And at five thirty, uh, Clemson baseball begins. So, full day here on uh, on the station, and then. 
mentioned you'll be at, you mentioned that you'll be at George Coleman Ford on Friday. I think Walt is at Twin Peaks on Thursday. Uh, you and I will be on on Wednesday, but we're switching time slots with Quak and Kelly as they'll be on campus for the annual Give Day uh, Wednesday. So yeah, it's this week will feel like football season because you know we're all on the air, all doing remotes, and all getting ready for football. So that'll be fun. That's a lot of fun, and that's how it should be. And, I, you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs and a lot of ears listening to the Orange and White game this Saturday, primarily at the quarterback position where you know, you got Kelly Bryant, Zarek Cooper, and Hunter Johnson. I, you know, I, I feel like, as weird as this sounds, I kind of know what KB's game is, and I assume that he's going to be running with a first-team offense initially. I'm anxious to see Zarek Cooper under, uh, you know, semi-live conditions, but... In a weird way, maybe the guy I want to see and understand the most about is Hunter Johnson. And apparently he had a pretty good scrimmage this past weekend and kind of turned him some heads. And, you know, maybe he's closed the gap a little bit. It sounded like the Dabo and Jeff and Tony were really optimistic after spring break where it sounded like maybe instead of parting it up down at Panama City, he kind of had his nose buried in the playbook and was trying to understand more about this Clemson offense. And if that's what old Hunter Johnson is doing, then maybe that bodes pretty well for what to expect out of him this coming falls. But, you know, if you had to handicap the race, it sounds like Kelly Bryant right now is still the starter, but it sounds like whatever lead he had the last time we were on the air may not be there right now, and maybe it's being closed by not just Zarek, but also by the freshman Hunter Johnson. Is is that kind of how you see it right now? Am I reading the tea leaves correctly with a week left in spring practice? Yeah, and, and I think that we're going to have a little... Uh, I, I think that'll be a pretty fluid list because just depending on who does best at the, uh, you know, at the most recent scrimmage. Uh, I expect, though, when all is said and done, as we move into summer, that Kelly Bryan is still going to be the guy and, you know, it would give a lot for us to speculate on all summer long. But I, I, I think with him being the, the upperclassman of the group and being the front runner coming into spring, I, I do expect him to, to stay that way uh, leaving, leaving spring. I, I just don't know that there's enough that you see uh, this early on that, that you, you go ahead and, and, and make a change. In your in your uh, in your depth chart, I, I agree. I, I would pump the brakes on one notion because I, I just remember so vividly last spring, in the middle of the orange and white game, where Bryant came in and threw the two interceptions, and there was a stiff breeze, and you know one of the throws really just it wasn't a good decision at all. And the other one I think maybe got caught up in the wind a little bit, if memory serves me correctly. But it just there, there were two picks on two passes that should never never have been attempted. If he were to come out and do the same thing this year or one of the other quarterbacks comes out and when you turn the ball over, it's such a momentum killing, back breaking force in football. It just changes everything, especially as a quarterback. If that were to happen to any of these signal callers, like if I, if I was in the ear hole of any of these guys, I'd be like, hey, go out there, you know, make your throws. But the last thing you can afford to do in this kind of competition and this kind of heat and pressure is to turn it over. I, I would say, you know, let, let, let's be a little not necessarily cautious about what you're doing, but, you know, understand that, you know, you may not win it here today, but you certainly could take a big step in the wrong direction if you go out there and you turn it over where you got everybody watching you. 
I would tell each and every one of them, that's the one thing you can't afford to do right now in this one showcase event of the offseason is go out and turn the football over, try to thread the needle when the play isn't there. You throw it into double or triple coverage. You know, you make a bad decision on a read. You're going through your progressions. You can't afford to do that right now. So I, it's hard for me to envision Bryant not being number one, exiting spring practice. And I believe they typically release a post-spring depth chart like a month after spring ball ends, maybe sometime around then. Uh, but he could create a lot more uneasiness if he comes out and does what he did last year. And I don't think that he will. To his credit, based off what I've heard and read, I don't think that he will. But let's keep an eye on the turnover Saturday. I mean, if, if you're looking at things to scout and watch, right, how these quarterbacks reading the defenses, which one of these quarterbacks turns the ball over, which one of these is trying to force the action or appears to get happy feet or maybe is patting the football too many times before releasing it, you know, which kind of symbolizes that they could be uh, a little nervy back there. Uh, be watching all those things. But, I mean, number one, we're watching Saturday. has got to be the quarterback spot. Make no mistake about that. Yeah, and I think you'll see a huge crowd here because of that. I mean, right. uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons to come this weekend. But first and foremost, I think it'll be that. You want to see these quarterbacks. It'll be the first chance that you've seen some of these guys. And, uh, you know, well, it'll be the first chance that you've seen most of these guys. And uh, let that sink in for a minute. Goodness gracious. service in Greenville Spartanburg has issued a tornado warning for Central Greenville County in upstate South Carolina, East Central Pickens County in upstate South Carolina until 2.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. At 2.12 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado was located five miles northeast of Easley or near Beria, moving northeast at 55 miles per hour. Hazard, tornado. Source, radar indicated rotation. Impact, Flying debris will be dangerous to those caught without shelter. Mobile homes will be damaged or destroyed. Damage to roofs, windows, and vehicles will occur. Tree damage is likely. This dangerous storm will be near Greenville East Side, Paris Fountain State Park and Travelers Rest around 2.20 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Take cover now. Move to a basement or an interior room on the lowest floor of a sturdy building. Avoid windows. If you are outdoors, in a mobile home, or in a vehicle, move to the closest substantial shelter and protect yourself from flying debris. Please report damaging winds, hail, or flooding to the National Weather Service Greenville Spartanburg by calling toll-free 1-800-267-8101 or by posting on our Facebook page or tweet at using hashtag NWSGSP. Your message should describe the event and the specific location where it occurred. Repeating, a tornado warning has been issued until 2.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time for the following counties in South Carolina, Greenville, and Pekins. And I would imagine we'll have many more weather delays uh, as we go on throughout the afternoon uh, we did have uh, on top of that little national weather service update there we did have people call in and say that the, the little band that came through clemson a f- few minutes ago that's now i guess uh in easily 
uh, there's several down trees in the central area here and around Clemson. So you have to not only watch out for standing water, but uh, might be trees in the road that you don't expect otherwise. But anyway, back to back to the spring game. Uh, what we were saying was obviously people are coming to watch the quarterback situation. But it's also the first time that the that the 2016 national champion football team takes the field in pads since winning a, a title, and and I just think about how many people showed up for the parade and things like that. Uh, how many more then show up for this game on Saturday? You know, Dabo uh, had mentioned he he wanted 70,000 people here. I think there's a good sh- chance of, of getting that here, Roy. I expect the entire lower bowl to be filled, right? And I believe that was the case uh, when they had the uh, national championship celebration uh, back in January. And it even kind of caromed up to the upper decks. I I mean, could you see the lower bowls being filled? And then maybe if they open one upper deck up at a time, that one of the upper decks could be filled as well. And, you know, I I don't know if that's how they'll do it, if they'll open them up both. But, I mean, there should be an excess of 50,000 fans, provided the weather holds up. Now, if the weather comes in to play, uh, that can change everything. But if it's decent weather Saturday, and I think that it should be right now, and it can change a lot between now and then, of course, but if it's decent weather, 50,000? I mean, would you set the over under 50, maybe 52,000 fans in attendance, uh, maybe a little bit more than that? I, I would set that at more like sixty. Um, okay. Right now, it's it's cool temperatures, but no weather, uh, no bad weather. I think the the last thing I saw was a high of like sixty two, something like that, on Saturday. To me, that is absolutely perfect. And then you got a, you got a baseball game after that. The game is not till uh, uh, I guess the the kickoff is two thirty on Saturday, which just perfect time. Uh, I expect a lot, a lot, a lot of people to be in Clemson this weekend. Should be a lot of fun. And I know we were talking about the biggest days in sports in the calendar year. We talk about that Saturday, the opening weekend of college football, or the opening Thursday in the first rounds of the NCAA tournament. If you are a Clemson fan, Saturday is probably pretty high on that list. When you consider you can go to the spring game, you can go watch Clemson baseball, which may be playing as at high as a high of a level as, as any other baseball program in America right now, and just taking everybody out there for the afternoon would be pretty spectacular, provided that the we- uh, weather cooperates. And, and apparently, it will at least a lot better than uh, what we are seeing so far today. You already heard the weather update and uh, heavy winds, line of storms moving through easily in Piedmont as we speak, approaching Greenville, and uh, conditions favorable, obviously, for tornadoes. So be careful. If you're out there uh, driving around, you want to talk about the orange and white game Saturday, uh, give us a buzz on the Northland Communications phone line, 654-ROAR, 654-7627. Also, texts are pouring in by the second, 986-1566. We'll get to those coming up a little bit in our next segment. We'll talk more about what has happened this spring. If you pay attention closely to some of the writers that have covered Clemson football the longest, and the way that they've been arranging tea leaves a little bit, there's growing speculation, it feels like, that maybe this Clemson defense is due for maybe a semi-breakout campaign coming up, if that even makes sense. I mean, you've had some tremendous defenses this decade, obviously winning a national championship. The 2014 squad was sensational on that side of the football. 
But there's talk it maybe that this one could be even better than some of those groups. Even without the great Ben Bulware and Jadar Johnson and Cordray Tankersley and Mackenzie Alexander and all these stars that have left for the NFL the last two seasons, it sounds like this defense is back in action and feeling pretty salty about what the future holds uh, for itself in this coming fall. So we'll address that. Get to some of your phone calls. We'll talk some spring practice. We'll do more of that. Also, official predictions coming up on the national championship game tonight. We'll walk you down all those roads and a lot more after this. Hey guys, Kelly here. As a Clemson graduate, I'm here to inform our listeners about Clemson Give Day. We are calling all Tigers to unite for Clemson's second Give Day on Thursday, April 6th. It's time to show you are all in. Make your gift online now at clemson.edu slash giveday and be part of this historic effort. Gifts are tax deductible. Go to clemson.edu slash giveday and share on social media using hashtag Clemson Give Day. Go Tigers! Hey folks, Quack here. Want to tell you about a great event going on at Hopewell Baptist Church in Seneca on April 8th. Yes, that's the day of the spring football game. From 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., they're having a resurrection festival. There's an Easter egg hunt for the kids, a scavenger hunt for the youth, free barbecue lunches, exciting guest worship music, and I'll be a special guest speaker. Join us at Hopewell Baptist Church for Resurrection Festival on April 8th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at 161 Hopewell Church Drive just off Wells Highway near TriStar Imports. You'll be glad you did. Complete Nutrition just released the most effective weight loss product we've ever created. Plus, it comes with a free 21-day step-by-step program to follow, and we guarantee you success. If you lose more than 21 pounds in the first 21 days, see Complete Nutrition to adjust your plan. Healthy weight loss should not exceed a couple of pounds per week. Find Complete Nutrition in Greenville on Woodruff Road, in Spartanburg on East Blackstock Road, and in Anderson across from the Harbor Inn on North Main. Since 1902, Carrier has been a leader in producing the most advanced heating and air systems in the world. For 25 years, Carolina Heating Services has been providing top quality heating and air conditioning services in the upstate. Today, the new Carrier Infinity Heating and Cooling System represents the best that both have to offer. For a limited time, Carolina Heating is giving away a free AC system with the purchase of a new qualifying heating system. Call Carolina Heating Services at 864-232-5684 for your free system. At Carolina Heating Service, comfort matters. They're dedicated to making sure your house, office, or business is comfortable any time of the year. Regular maintenance is the best way to prevent breakdowns, especially when the weather is at its worst. The trusted technicians at Carolina Heating Service can keep your system running smoothly. And what better way to stay comfortable than with this limited-time offer, a free carrier AC system with the purchase of a new qualifying heating system. Call Carolina Heating Service today, 864-232-5684. A small business owner asked me recently, why should I use you? My answer kind of surprised him. I'm not sure you should because I don't know what you need yet. Turns out this business owner felt helpless and alone in trying to deal with insurance and employee benefits. Our clients know we are in their corner fighting and everything we do is designed to make your life easier. In fact, One client said about one of my people, I wish there was a way to nominate you for being the best employee I have ever dealt with in any industry. Are you feeling lost and alone when it comes to insurance and employee benefits? You don't need to be. Call us 467-8738 and let us know how we can help you. 
I'm Guy, the insurance guy, and what we do is simple. We make health insurance easier. Yesterday's games are today's headlines. Get the scoop from the pros. We are WCCP 105.5, The Roar. My third hour rolling right along on a stormy Monday. The ghost of Roy Philpott back at 105.5 The Roar inside the Blue Ridge Security Solutions Studios. More of your phone calls coming up. The text line open for business, 986-1566. Chicken hater Nate says, any worries Kelly Bryant's going to press Saturday? In my opinion, he did last spring, try to show the world he thinks he can throw and in turn throwing interceptions from pressing. That's what we were talking about in our previous segment somewhat. I, I don't think he can... You know, lose the starting job Saturday unless he comes out and, and does something along those lines. And if you're Dabo Swinney at that point, he's been, you know, uh, on the field in the spring game the last two years, and you come out and you throw four picks in two games in front of 55,000, 60,000 people, it probably doesn't bode well for your offseason. But I, I don't think he's going to do that. And I'm curious, too, you know, Dabo made one of the scrimmages live for the quarterbacks, which he hasn't done that in like three or four years. And certainly, if he did that Saturday, Ben, that would help Kelly Bryant because one of his big assets, as everybody knows and understands by now, are his legs, his athleticism. He is a better athlete than, or he's a better runner of the football, quicker with the ball in his hands than what Deshaun Watson was. So if he can showcase those abilities, you know, in turn, maybe that also opens up the passing game for him and he becomes more confident. Think about it like this. We talked about making 111 layups in a row trying to match UConn's win total earlier in the show. I couldn't do that. But if you give me, let's say, five to ten uncontested layups, and then you allow me to shoot a couple of threes, and then you compare those numbers to me just shooting threes, chances are after I make five or six layups in a row, basket looks a little bigger, I'm probably going to make a higher percentage of my three-pointers because I've gotten warmed up, I've developed confidence, I feel like I can make shots. Same thing applies with Kelly Bryant playing football. He's able to run the zone read, and maybe he breaks off a 20- or 30-yard scamper. He scores a touchdown on one drive. He's back on the field for the next possession. All of a sudden, he's a little more confident throwing the football because he's kind of settled in, and he's become accustomed to the tone and the rhythm of the game. So maybe in a weird way, if you're Dabo, and you're trying to get your starting quarterback as it stands right now to be more in the zone early Saturday and to, you know, to develop his confidence a little bit more, you, you make it live where he can take advantage of his running skills. And, and Ben, that probably helps him out in the downfield passing game, I think. I, I think you have to go live this Saturday. And I don't want anybody to get injured. And I, I know that's always a possibility. But it's such a big part of the Clemson offense. And none of these guys are a proven commodity as to what they can do in, in Division One football. Uh, you talk about... You hear people talk all the time about the speed of the game and this level is so much faster and you know you got to get to a point where the game slows down for you. Uh, I don't know how you really evaluate quarterbacks without them going li- live, especially against a defense like, like Clemson is. I mean, let's go ahead and let them go against as good as they're going to go against all year long right off the bat and see how they respond. Uh, you know, one of the things that you're trying to do here is get these guys on film, have something to coach off of over the summer, have something to evaluate. Uh, you, you, I just don't know that you can really evaluate these guys 
if they are not feeling live pressure. And for Kelly Bryant, it makes a lot of sense. Remember, Chad Kelly was injured in the spring game a couple of years ago, and they weren't. Uh, it wasn't a live situation where the quarterbacks could be tackled or you know be hit. He he just tore his ACL falling to the ground in a non-contact situation. So, and a lot of times injuries occur in practice. Too. I, I I tend to agree with that thought of go ahead and make it live and give your incumbent as many advantages perhaps as he deserves. And, you know, maybe that gives him more confidence going to the offseason. That's the other thing, too. It's advantageous, in my opinion, for Clemson football to have Bryant play well and to carry that confidence into the next three and a half months before the start of camp in August. You know, that, that that's probably not the worst thing in the world that can happen. Yeah, you want him to identify weaknesses and get better in those areas, too. But uh, I, I think there's been enough negative press out there with his ability to go through progressions, the turnovers last year in the spring game. Uh, and it feels like that there's been some positivity now the last couple of weeks. Build on that, and let's see how good Bryant really can be at the start of preseason camp in August with all of that in the rearview mirror. Uh, I, I don't think that that would be bad uh, whatsoever. The other thing we mentioned going out to break, that vibe of the defense this year being one of Brent Venable's better units. I, I don't know where I stand on it just yet because I, it's hard for me to envision the linebackers being better, losing number 10. Certainly you could be a step quicker in lateral quickness and that kind of thing in certain spots with your linebacking core. But from what I've read, there's a real thought. And when you listen to the coaches that, yeah, again, we lost a ton of talent. But Dexter Lawrence returns, Christian Wilkins is back, Cleveland Farrell's back in the fold, Austin Bryant should be healthy again for the full season this go-around, Richard Yergin's going, going to emerge, you got other younger players up front we haven't heard a ton about, Albert Huggins that could also contribute down the 2D. And so that front four is going to set the tone for the back seven. And then with the linebackers, so much athleticism. Is it Dorian O'Daniel's time to kind of get the job done? Shaq Smith... Uh, Kendall Joseph is also back. And then you're going to find players in the secondary. It's Ryan Carter, Marcus Edmond. However it shakes out, somebody's going to be back there as one of the lockdown corners. Plus, Kayvon Wallace is now transferred to, to that cornerback position on a full-time basis. There seems to be a real thought that this defense is going to experience no drop-off from last year's club. And, and maybe in some key areas could be a little better. Now, I, I got to see something Saturday to make me believe that more, but I've read it enough from people that I trust enough to think, okay, there are people out there hearing this. And so it's not just being generated out of the clear blue sky, Ben. There's a real thought that this defense is just going to be a butt-kicking machine on top of what we've seen in recent years even. Next season, your thoughts. I I hear that. I want to. And, and that side tells me all I need to know, and I appreciate it because I, I, I need to be brought back down to earth with this. I, I, I mean, I want to believe that, but I, I, seeing is believing, I guess. I, I I still worry about, I know I know how much talent was behind the uh, bull-wearing guys last year at the linebacker position, but uh and they're you know guys just as talented maybe, but that that leadership and just that being that upperclassman who understands the the defense, I think that's a a major uh, thing to contend with. But 
really everywhere else on the field. Um, you know, I still still wonder a little bit about maybe maybe there's a a missing piece or an un, un, uncertainty who the piece will be in that secondary. Um, everywhere else on the field, though, you do feel you do feel pretty good. It's just you know after. Uh, after the talent that you've lost over the last two years now, can you can you really have? I mean, can you really say, "Well, the next year is going to be better"? I mean, it, it's just hard to buy that, man. It is. <laughs> How many years in a row can we say all this? Well, you know what? There's really not going to be any drop off. Doesn't matter. They lost eight draft picks from one side of the football. There's not going to be any drop off. And, and yet, if you listen to the station, scratch that. If you listen to the coaches and, and kind of their tone and how things are set up in camp and after a game or two. It's been like this unifying voice that you know there's not going to be any drop-off, that we expect to be exactly what we have been, and that's basically what they have been. But, I mean, at some point you have to come back crashing down to earth. I, I will say this. If there is a scenario where you can get better despite losing personnel, where there's not some kind of drop-off despite losing personnel – you would look at the schedule potentially and say, okay, the rest of the conference lost these quarterbacks, these offensive players, so we're not going to have to be as good to equal our production from previous seasons. You could say that. Or you could go up front and say, these front four players, all these guys are playing in the NFL at some point. They have significant experience big game experience now now national championship winning experience if you return the bulk of that talent by default the guys on the back end are going to reap the benefits of that talent and, and that is what clemson has returning this fall and it, it, it's playmaking forces that we haven't seen since the likes of the mid to late 80s where you know chester mclaughlin the uh, perry brothers the refrigerator michael dean Wilkins, Lawrence, Bryant, Farrell, Jurgen, Huggins providing now depth even after losing Pagano to transfer. Those would be some of the ingredients, and I would throw this out there right now, that you would need to say, okay, the rest of the country is going to think drop off. Locally, we know what these players in the front four mean to Venables and how aggressive he can be. I'm going to walk a linebacker up to the A-gap. There's no way you're running the football. You can't run zone read against this look. If you do, you're going to get destroyed. That's what they've done because they have confidence that those front four and the blitzing tactics of, of Venables and how he tries to keep opposing offenses off balance will be enough to generate tackles behind the line of scrimmage, sacks of the quarterback, those kinds of things. The ingredients, the fundamental components we're talking about of, of either being better or not sustaining some kind of massive drop-off would be there in your front four, plus, right, you still have some safeties coming back, you know, Van Smith, Kendall Joseph, uh, Dorian O'Daniel. There's athleticism at other positions where you've lost talent like Ben Bulware and, uh, you know, Mackenzie Alexander two years ago or Cordray Tankersley last year. There's enough of a core to where if you have speed at other positions where you lost talent and you have your defensive play caller returning to where, in my mind, there isn't going to be a massive drop-off. I, I would still like to connect the dots a little bit more to say, okay, this could be Brent Venable's best defense. I mean, that's downright scary. If, they, if this is his best defense, then we're talking about, at worst, 
a one-loss team, in my opinion, come November. And, and go ahead and start heating up the playoff talk again. If this is Clemson's best defense under Brent Venables, we hit November and we're talking about another college football playoff possibility. I'm not telling you they're punching their ticket, but I'm telling you they're in the conversation and they likely control their own destiny. I, I'm not ready to tell you that's the case, but it seems like there's a lot of people out there that cover the program you know, on a day-to-day basis, full-time, that they're painting the picture that, okay, let everybody else do their thing. This is more than likely what really is happening behind the scenes. And, and look, if what they're saying and the picture they're painting is accurate, well, that's got me more stoked for this fall than, than uh, I was planning on being, if that makes sense. It, it does, and that's why I, I'm trying to – I don't want to let myself get to that point because, again, I, I know the level of talent that's there. But I do feel like it's a lot of guys that you haven't, uh, maybe aren't as proven. And it's just hard to believe that you could have that level, that level of defense three years in a row after losing the amount of talent that you've lost. Uh, and I mean, and there's more than just, you know, more than just the big guys in the middle, uh, more than just, you know, Lawrence and Wilkins that you have to put on the field. And, and I realize they are they are game changers, man. There's no doubt about it. But you you know you got to stay healthy at at the end positions, and uh, you know you got to have somebody in the st- secondary step up. Your your linebackers have to be as good as you think. It's just a lot of a lot of you know minor question marks that I, I want to believe what you're saying. It's just hard to buy it. I'm with you. I, I'm with, you know if. There's no drop-off this year. I, I guess we can say when Wilkins and Lawrence and those characters finally graduate, then maybe there's going to be drop-off then. But, I mean, <laughs> with the way that they've recruited, if there's no drop-off this year after losing all that talent from last year and from the previous year and from the year before that, going all the way back to Vic Beasley, Grady Jarrett, and that crew, you know, when, when is there ever going to be a drop-off? I mean, at what point do you just say, you know what, this is, this is kind of what Dabo's dream was the whole time? And we're now living in it, and, and we don't want it to end. We don't want him to wake up because that means the rest of us have to wake up too. They, this was his vision. They, they stack recruiting and their character players on top of recruiting and their character players, and it all blends in, in such an uncanny way that it becomes an unstoppable force. This decade has kind of already been that. And now that they've topped it off with a national championship, you know, maybe there's more of those to come. If all of this continues uh, in that direction and, you know, all signs with recruiting uh, tend to, to point that that's exactly what's going on. Talk more about it coming up in our final segment. It also sounds like Georgetown University has a new head basketball coach and a familiar name perhaps returning to the Hoyas. We'll give you details on that in our final segment. If you want to talk with us, give us a buzz, 654-7627. The phone number, there is a strong line of thunderstorms moving through easily Piedmont and now bearing down on Greenville, Malden, and those areas. If you are driving on Interstate 85, Highway 123, even 385, make sure you are being careful. Tornado warnings have also been issued for different parts of Greenville County as well as Mother Nature is uh, bearing down right now on the upstate with several lines of thunderstorms. Uh, be careful if you are out and about. Final segment of the show coming up next. Tell you about the new head coach at Georgetown, what that means, the collegiate basketball landscape. Speaking of basketball, our official predictions tonight, North Carolina and Gonzaga. Close, 
high scoring. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You're just going to have to stay up really late to be able to see the conclusion and also to watch that very special video at the very end of the evening. It's Ben Milstead's, a.k.a. Upper Management's favorite video of the year, the one shining moment. Oh, that's bull oh, I crap. Wait for it. Oh, I can't wait for it, Coach. Blech. I can't wait for it. <laughs> I can't wait for it. It's going to be fun, but we'll give you our predictions. We'll get Ben's thoughts on one shining moment, moment as a perfect segue into Walt Tool and Road Rage because you know how he feels about it. Give you all the updates coming up. Stay tuned. Be sure to join Walt at Twin Peaks this Thursday from 3 to 7. 29 degree draft beer, awesome food, and great service from the lovely ladies. Come on out this Thursday from 3 to 7 with Walt Deptula at Twin Peaks on Woodruff Road in Greenville. When choosing a lawyer, you need someone who knows the law, will take your legal needs seriously, and deliver excellent results. That lawyer is David Green. The Green Law Firm can successfully handle probate issues, estate planning, small business management, income tax returns, and any issue with the IRS. Get the results you're entitled to. For a free consultation, call the Green Law Firm at 271-7940 or go online at greenlaw.org. As you prepare for this year's spring game, get into ACD Sports. They're blowing out their national championship and all Clemson merchandise with 20% savings on their already low, low prices. Women's apparel, Columbia pullovers and jackets, hats, tees, footballs, and limited edition hard-to-find prints. They won't have this around in the fall, so get it now. The huge spring sale at ACD Sports. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 till 7. ACD Sports behind Brewster's Highway 123 easily. Craft Stove Store and Patio's preseason sale is on. Get the patio of your dreams with famous name brand furniture at prices that make your dream patio a reality. Choose a style or design your own with your choice of fabrics. With Craft Stove Store and Patio, you know you're getting quality furniture with timeless style. You can really enjoy spring and summer on your new patio with the preseason sale going on now at Craft Stove Store and Patio, 3002 Wade Hampton Boulevard. Craft Stove Store and Patio. Since 1902, Carrier has been a leader in producing the most advanced heating and air systems in the world. For 25 years, Carolina Heating Services has been providing top quality heating and air conditioning services in the upstate. Today, the new Carrier Infinity Heating and Cooling System represents the best that both have to offer. For a limited time, Carolina Heating is giving away a free AC system with the purchase of a new qualifying heating system. Call Carolina Heating Services at 864-232-5684 for your free system. At Carolina Heating Service, comfort matters. They're dedicated to making sure your house, office, or business is comfortable any time of the year. Regular maintenance is the best way to prevent breakdowns, especially when the weather is at its worst. The trusted technicians at Carolina Heating Service can keep your system running smoothly. And what better way to stay comfortable than with this limited-time offer, a free carrier AC system with the purchase of a new qualifying heating system. Call Carolina Heating Service today, 864-232-5684. Looking for delicious and innovative food in downtown Clemson? The Blue Heron Restaurant and Sushi Bar is the answer. Fresh house-cut steaks and seafood and free-range poultry are just a few of the menu items that define the Blue Heron. And specials like Select Wine on Wednesday for $10, $15, and $20. The finest steaks and fresh seafood at the Blue Heron, College Avenue, Clemson. Visit our website at blueheronfood.com. 
everything that's made just for you is a perfect fit, right? Like a tailored suit. It fits your measurements, no one else's. That same kind of fit is exactly what Engineered Sleep strives for. A mattress made just for you, built to your sleeping patterns and habits. What could be more important than a good night's rest? Engineered Sleep wants to make it a perfect night's rest. If after a couple of weeks you find it's not perfect, Engineered Sleep will adjust it until it is. Visit their location at 627 Congaree Road to see the process. Learn how your mattress is made. By manufacturing your custom-made mattress at their factory, you're saving money because there is no middleman. Factory to you! And you can score a significant discount by picking up your mattress instead of having it delivered. Engineered Sleep, it's not mattress shopping, it's an experience. WCCP. Fourth quarter's coming up from Death Valley. Second half is underway. Ten seconds, and it can't stop now. Nebraska's out of timeouts, and Clemson has indeed proved itself to be the number one team in all of college football. Here's the end of the game. Are we finished? Done. And now, back to Roy and Ben on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. I am very pleased to announce that Luther Vandross, the uh, late Luther, will be back with one shining moment this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching that tonight. I'm going to stay up just to watch it, just to rub it in upper management's face uh, tomorrow on the show. Uh, we'll have some fun with that. I don't know why you don't like it. I, I'm not, it's not something I live for, and we have this conversation every year. I don't know how, how many years we've done it, but I mean, it's, it's an emotional moment tonight. It's the conclusion of the major sports ending. Right? I mean, right. football, basketball right. are over. we got college baseball, which we're a baseball state. We love it, too. But, you know, it's like this final nail in the coffin that, oh, God, man, this is it. And it just it, it brings up this nostalgia of Duke and Louisville in 86 or Keith Smart in 87 or Duke in 91 and 92 or just all these different miracle runs by certain teams. And you think back what you were doing when you were growing up watching those teams and when you first heard One Shining Moment, I mean, it's it's a bit of Americana, if you will. I mean, it goes down in the in the uh, uh, in the history books as one of the all time, you know, just heart inducing, feeling inducing. I want to write. I want to paint. I want to write poetry. <laughs> I want to build a website. I, I don't know. I want to go be creative. It just inspires us, right? It lifts us to higher levels. Luther. I mean, nobody does it like Luther Vandross can, right? And he does it, and he's he's speaking to us from the grave tonight, as far as I'm concerned. Now, see, you're you're kind of proving my point for me. First, if if you're going to play that kind of song at the end of a sporting event, then you have to go with Luther. If Luther is a possibility, then go with Luther. That makes a bad thing a little better. So I will I will give you that. I will concede that point. And I want Fat Luther. I don't want Skinny Luther. Nobody right, likes Skinny right. Luther. We will, we liked Fat Luther Vandross. Uh, but two, you just named a whole bunch of things that that inspires you to do. None of them sports related. You know what it makes me think about is my junior senior prom both years. Uh, that's or or couple skate when I was in junior high. Couple skate everybody. One shining moment. It's coming on. It has. It's not a sports song. It's it's not a sports song, Roy. It's it's a love song. You know what? There's a lot of things you need to be doing rather than celebrating cutting down the net to a song like that. 
No, I mean, you know, you can turn the theme to Titanic into a sports song when you just play Clemson's national championship game-winning moment on top of it, right? And that's what we're doing tonight. We're taking Luther, we're taking the R&B, we're taking these mild melodies, and we're placing all the big moments from this year's NCAA tournament. So it becomes a sports song, Ben. By itself, individually, it's not. With all the magical moments of this year's big dance, it becomes part of our sports soul. It becomes ingrained in us. Right? I mean, it just does. So I need you to get on board. I need you to be on board fully. I need you to be watching tonight. I want you to tweet out commentary on how great it was during and afterwards. I I will not listen to that that of you. No, I will not listen to the car. Listen, (laughs) I could change five phrases of that song and make it the most played song at at a wedding. I mean, I could rival Edward McCain in the I'll Be with I, I don't all I got to do is change about five words and it's sung at every wedding. Uh, you know, one shining moment. Well, in today's age, it's about four shining moments. Uh, <laughs> the way of waiting, but you get the point. Uh, it's 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 not a sports. It's a great it's a great love song. It's great to couple skate to. It's just not great. It's not a great sports song. And and I'm not changing my point. No matter how wrong everybody else wants to be about that song, that's the way it is. By the way. Pe- Patrick Ewing is the new head coach at Georgetown. I want to give you that nugget. Blech. I was a really good skater. I was a really good skater. You had your own couple skate. You, you you saved up to get the fancy shoelaces, didn't you? I, I didn't do that. I always rented the skates. I, I never had my own set of skates that I brought to the rink. But I was a really good skater, and you know, I, I, I wasn't bad on the couple skate. I could never skate backwards, and I don't understand the physics of people that learn how to skate backwards. How do you do that? You just like turn one foot in and out and all of a sudden you start rolling backwards at 100 miles an hour. How, how did you do that? I, I have no idea how you did it. Ford, oh, I was a speed skater. I could do tricks. I could get down a one skate. I could kind of like kneel and skate at the same time. I could do that while holding the hand of a, a young uh, lady friend, you know, back in the day. Uh, I think in Columbia it was the red rink roller way. I think that's where we all went when we were growing up. You know, uh-huh. like in... First grade, maybe second grade, you have skate night. Parents take you over there. Little girlfriend's there you're hanging out with her. Maybe you buy her Snickers or something. I don't know. It's a lot of fun, though. <laughs> and then you just, just roll around the rink listening to one shining moment. That's right, buddy. That's exactly right. Uh, your official prediction tonight, the Zags and the Heels. All right, first off, are you rooting for one side or the other before the prediction? Do you want to see... Carolina win it for the ACC, or would you rather see Gonzaga win it for all the mid-majors that stunk for so many decades and that now have become powerhouses and we still can't believe it? I'll, Who are you rooting for tonight? I am actively, openly rooting for Gonzaga because they're not North Carolina. How about that? I don't care how what— How about Carolina, though? How about Carolina getting back to the championship like Clemson did? I mean, there's a redemption factor with Baby Blue. Listen, it's a it's a fraud program that's cheated their way to get kids through college. I am not pulling for North Carolina. I will not. I I don't care who they're. If they would have played South Carolina, I would have been really torn, Roy. And that's the truth. I mean, that's that's where I'm at with North Carolina basketball. And I'm sorry, that's the way it is. I would love love for Gonzaga to make it. Love for them to win it. I, I think that would be great for basketball. Uh, the the little guy, you know, David slays Goliath. I, I would love that. I, I'm t- tired of hearing him referred to as a blue blood making it. Uh, mm. It's it's I don't know. It's disgusting. That's that's 
I, I am zagged all the way. Who do you think wins now? Probably North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that's no, what you were going to say. No, I knew that's what you were going to no, say. No, I really do. I, I really think uh, most things point to North Carolina winning this game. Um, I, I, I think Gonzaga's got all the tools to win a game like this, and, and I, it does not bother me that they haven't been here before. Um, I, I think they can win it, and I expect they will. North Carolina, though, when all of their starters are playing good basketball, they can and usually do beat anybody in the nation, and I, I concede that point. There's just been enough inconsistency there that I don't have a very high level of, of comfort to think that they're going to win tonight. It's going to be close. I expect it to be high scoring. And, yeah, there's always that chance we think, well, it's going to be high scoring and then it just doesn't happen because it's a championship and teams are just, you know, they're locked in more defensively. The best defensive team in this tournament is gone in South Carolina. You're going to see an open court game, to me, that is more reminiscent of Golden State, Houston, the NBA, as opposed to, uh, you know, some kind of typical college game that you see, even though points are up this year in the last two seasons with the two uh, with the new rule changes, you're going to see open court, free-flowing, three-point shots. Joel Berry, the second's ankle, concerns me a little bit for North Carolina. But there's some fascinating matchups down low. Karnowski and Meeks and Hicks and Collins, a seven-footer. And Gonzaga's one of the few teams in the country that truly can match up with UNC. But the fact that Carolina was here last year and had its heart stomped on by Chris Jenkins at the buzzer after the miracle heave by Marcus Page just seconds before, they have lived for this moment for 365 days. Do not underestimate the power of that emotion and that focus and how that translates into execution. Now, the Zags do match up well. I think it's going to be very, very close Vegas has North Carolina installed as about a point-and-a-half favorite. That makes a lot of sense to me. I think you're looking at about a 79-77 game with less than two minutes to go. And Gonzaga's going to have a chance to win it or tie it maybe twice. And I think Carolina comes up with maybe one or two stands and some key rebounds to win it. And then I think ultimately some free throws in the final 50 seconds or so uh, will push it past the one and a half points to where they'll cover the spread. So I, I think North Carolina 81-77. Wildly entertaining. Barry's ankle scares me a little bit with that prediction, but I still think the rest of that team, including Justin Jackson, who should go for about 24-25 tonight, I, I think it's enough. I think it's enough against the Zags. I mean, South Carolina, despite all of its offensive inefficiency this season, they were red hot in the NCAA tournament. They got good looks against the Zags. If South Carolina can do that, I think North Carolina certainly can. And I think North Carolina will bury the majority of those looks where they won't go on this, you know, scoreless streak at the end of the first half like the Gamecocks did this past week. I'll, I'll go 81-77, North Carolina. They're going to win the tournament. They'll cover the point and a half. Uh, Gonzaga may lead it late, but I I, I like Baby Blue. you, you got a score for me tonight. What do you, what do you think it's score-wise on this? You know, I'm going about 10 points under that, which would be much lower scoring than people think. But it just, I, I think Gonzaga's defense is going to get, is going to give North Carolina trouble. Uh, and, you know, it's a 50-50 shot right now that 
Jackson is going to Jackson should be able to give you 24 points. I just don't know that he will, you know. And and I really like him as a player, but he's just had those games uh you know, North Carolina goes through those stretches where you just scratch your head and you wonder what in the world they're going they're doing with their lineup. Um guys just go on these individuals seem to go on these droughts and and i'm not convinced kennedy meeks is going to have back-to-back stellar games like that either um especially against what he's going to be facing tonight inside so i i don't know for some reason it just feels like it this could be a lower scoring game than than what we all think it should be it doesn't start until 9 20 will you honestly watch both halves from start to finish i mean are you going to be that dialed in on the national championship tonight I, i'm going to be i'm just curious I'll, if you are I, i'll watch every second of it uh and i will okay. turn it off as quickly as i can about <laughs> you know it'll probably i mean 11 45 is not terribly late for a game then and that's that's when that'll end but um before the word one shining is ever uttered i will be flipping the channel and going to bed very good. Very good. Those are our official predictions. Uh, we will see if they come to pass coming up later on tonight. A quick reminder, Friday, live from George Coleman Ford. Ben told you a few minutes ago, Walt Tula will be from Twin Peaks on Thursday. All this leading up to the annual Orange and White game on Saturday. Tiger pregame show Saturday as well. Before kickoff with Scott and Kelly, that's going to be a lot of fun. And it just feels like, especially after we get past tonight, the majority of the week leads in to the spring game, which you can hear right here at 105.5 The Roar as well. So a very busy week. And for those that uh, are used to visiting with us Thursdays and Fridays over George Coleman Ford during the season, we encourage you to come out this week as we have some fun leading into the spring game. We'll get you uh, locked, loaded, and ready to go for the uh, annual off-season contest. You know, I look forward to the time, and I think it's going to happen at some point where the spring game, you get a scrimmage against another opponent, probably from a non-Power 5 league or from the uh, current Division 1AA ranks or FCS ranks, however you want to frame it. But at the same time, it's still kind of fun to watch the guys go out there and compete against themselves, and you get a sense maybe of what's happening at several key positions. And you're going to get that on Saturday. And I think we could get 55, maybe 60,000, maybe more on campus to see the Tigers in action, you know, more or less for the first time since the national championship game back on January 9th. Should be a lot of fun uh, for all of that. Coming up on the show tomorrow, I do want to get some reaction on what happened in the Garnet and Black Spring game this weekend. Only 12,000 fans showed up. You understand why when you got the women's team playing in Dallas in the Final Four the previous night in the national championship game last night, obviously, and then the men's team was out in Phoenix. So a lot of the fans of uh, South Carolina were spread out across the country. But I do want to find out, A, how Jake Bentley looked, B, how some of the newcomers uh, looked on both sides of the football, especially with that defense. So we're going to touch base with Wes Mitchell from GamecockCentral.com. We'll get his thoughts on how it all unfolded in Columbia this weekend, now officially starting the second year of the Will Muschamp era. So we look forward to that. Also, later on this week, Daniel Shirley, sports editor of the Macon Telegraph, going to talk some Braves baseball. He has a new blog on Macon.com where he's been uh, analyzing what's happening in the National League East each and every day. So for all of you Braves fans, great way to keep in touch with the Braves. We'll get Daniel to uh, talk with us about that new blog as well. Major League Baseball is back, and right now the Braves and the Mets still scoreless, top of the sixth inning, but Atlanta is threatening with runners at first and third and with two outs. But that'll do it for us. A reminder, coming up next, Walt Tula and Road Rage. Friday, we'll see you at George Coleman.